Right, hello everyone. It's uh, eight o'clock in the UK and various other times around the world. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. This is the first of the 27 years campaign Twitter space uh, discussion. Uh, and to start with, um, I'm just going to try and set a little bit of a framework and give those who haven't perhaps been overly familiar with what's been going on in the campaign in the last uh, few weeks since it was launched. I'm going to ask Paul Viesk to give us a little bit of an overview of the campaign, its objectives, who's behind it, and what we're trying to achieve. So, so Paul, can you give us a quick potted summary? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you to everybody who's uh, already joined us. I'm sure others will join us as the evening goes on. Um, the idea tonight is, uh, very briefly, just to go, run through how the campaign started, what the objectives are, um, comments, um, open it up to one or two speakers who have asked to speak already and then already got quite a few requests. We will um, we'll get onto those requests as well. Uh, so, yeah, the campaign started with a group of probably about 40 accounts off Twitter who uh, got together in, in a very large DM group to talk about what was going on within the club and what could we do as a fan base to make things different uh, within the club and that's pretty much how it started so that those 40 accounts probably represented several several hundred thousand twitter followers um obviously many of the twitter followers would be uh following each of those accounts but the idea was very much driven from from that and where we're at now is we have a, a campaign that's called 27 years as you know and those 27 years represent the period of time since everton last won a trophy the key thing about the campaign is that it's all about having a, getting a better Everton. How do we make Everton a more successful football club than it is currently? And I think the thing that differentiates this campaign from others previously is that we're not really addressing the board here. In the past, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else, we've asked the board to do things that the board is not capable of doing. The approach here is very different. The approach here is to say to the major shareholder, Fahad, you've put an awful lot of money into the club. Um, it's your responsibility as the majority shareholder to ensure that the club itself is run as, as well as it possibly can be. And that's the thing that's called governance at the end of the day. Um, what it means is, is that you have the right people in place and you have the right systems in place so that the investment that's made in the club is used effectively. And what we've had in, in the last six years, you don't need me to tell you this, but what we've had in the last six years is very different from that. We've had, you know, people come and go, managers, directors of football, good players have come into the club, not succeeded and left. Um, we've had directors join the board, leave, uh, without having any impact or effect at, at all. And as a result, our competitive position as a football club, has declined. It's declined in real terms. So, you know, we're not as strong a football club as, as we were six years ago. And it's it's declined in comparison to our competitors and our peers. When Fahad Mishiri arrived at the club, we were probably thought of as the, the best-run club or the next best club out of the so-called top six. Today, I think we'd struggle to get in the top 12, and that's a reflection of how poorly the club has been run. So this campaign is about getting to Farhad Bashiri. 
and it's saying to Fard and Sherry, you've made the investment, the, the same type of investment that we make as fans. Uh, our investment tends to be emotional, but actually for a lot of people, it's financial as well. And it's also committing a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of time away from them. They go home and away. And a large number of the people who are involved in this and supporting this are people who travel up and down the country. Okay, apologies. I think we've Paul's uh, internet cut out there. I thought it was at my end, but it's obviously it's obviously uh, him. Um, so so just bear with bear with us whilst he reconnects. I think what he was trying to say in summary is that the difference here in the campaign is that we are endeavouring, and and it's going to be harder, uh, easy to say, but rather harder to do, but to get the attention of Farhad Mashiri. Um, he is uh, the only person who can effect the sort of change that uh, we believe is necessary. The changes that need to be made off the pitch in order to improve our performance on the pitch. Uh, and historically, Paul was saying that this has been tended to, we've tended to address our concerns at the board, but the boards are simply the, the servants of, uh, of, of, uh, of the owner. And they themselves are in a position of relative privilege and are unlikely uh, like turkeys to vote for Christmas, um, doesn't it? Yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. So, as as I was saying, that you know, a, an awful lot of people who are supporting this campaign are the people that go up and down the country week in, week out, spending huge amounts of time and effort and money um, supporting Everton Football Club. What I believe is that our interests as fans is a are totally aligned to Fahad Mashiri's. So we, we make the emotional investment, and, and as I say, some make the financial investment. Uh, he's made a financial investment. The only way that we get success out of this is by having a successful football club. And that's what we all want. And a successful football club means competing in Europe. It means winning trophies. It means um, competing right at the top end of the game, which is where I think most Evertonians expect us to be. Uh, okay, that... so, so Paul, how, how are we going to get his attention? How is this campaign going to get Farhad Mashiri to, as uh, as it says in some of the collateral, to listen, to engage, act? Well, I think I think we have to appeal to him in the sense that uh, exactly what I was just saying, Roger. If if he doesn't do anything about the way that the club is run, it doesn't matter how much money he put, he pours into the club. It really, it really doesn't, because you know we we bring in a new manager in the next sort of month or so, or the next week or so, whenever. Um, if we don't address the issues that meant that Marcel Brands couldn't do his job, that Steve Walsh couldn't do his job beforehand, and various managers have been unable to get the best out of as of players, that we don't get the best commercial deals that we possibly can get. Um, all of the things that we know that are wrong with the club, we don't have the best communications between us between the club and the fans if he doesn't address all of those issues then he's just wasting his money and he's just putting everything down to chance and he said that when he first came in that he had a narrow window of opportunity or that the club had a narrow window of opportunity that was six years ago i don't think we can go much longer in the condition that we're in um without seeing that window sort of slam shut to be honest so it's a case of, you know, it's almost now or never for him. He has to uh, react, he has to listen, and he has to come to the conclusion that what's happened so far can't continue to happen. 
And, and, and this evening, really, we're trying to um, really take the temperature of the fan base and to garner as much support as possible, because this isn't an organisation per se, Paul. Tell us a little bit about the background of the, 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 the different types of people who are involved and, and, and how we're trying to get that collaborative voice uh, recognised at the top level. Yeah, I mean, it is literally a campaign, and it's a campaign that any Evertonian anywhere in the world uh, be they in Liverpool, be they anywhere, okay, or they be an, anywhere, anywhere else for that matter, can get involved. And it's not um, prescriptive. We're not saying this is what you must do. This is what you must believe in. What we're saying is, is here's an opportunity to use the publicity, to use the momentum that the 27 Years campaign has got. And I'll talk about that in, in a minute. Um, to campaign for whatever it is that you believe Everton should be. Now, I believe that most Evertonians will say Everton has to be a better football club than it is currently. And this is the opportunity for us all through um, either through the 27 Years campaign or through whatever fan group or um, forum or uh, social media grouping uh, you're already part of to campaign to, to the share, major shareholder and to explain to him how you feel as, as an Evertonian and to explain to him what you think needs to be done in order to make us successful again. It, it is really that simple. Okay. As a result of that, we've got people from all over the world. We've got people, um, as I say, who go ho home and away. We've got people who live a stone's throw away from the ground. Uh, people of all different ages, uh, boys, girls, men, women, what, whatever. I mean, it, it is a very, very wide church of, of Evertonians all coming together in the belief that we need to make the club better. Okay, right. We've got over a thousand people who've joined us already, so thank you very much. And they don't want to listen to just one or two voices. I'm sure we want to listen to as many as possible. So um, we have a first speaker lined up to be Paul. Who is it? Who's going to come on next? I think Richard Watts, is. if, if Richard is available. Are you there, Richard? I am. Sorry, the, the internet was just dying again. So look. Okay. But Richard, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much indeed for, for having me to, to speak. And I, I've been a Evertonian for the best part of 30 years, although me and my family live in London. My kids are both the only Everton fans in their schools and we, we travel to as many games as we can we can make. And my core point is the disasters of this season. It has been a disastrous season from selling our best defender because he fell out with the manager we sacked two days two days later to you know the disastrous performances the miserable tactics that you know thousands of Evertonians been able to spot the problem with and and the manager who we were paying you know millions of pounds a year on a three-year contract couldn't spot couldn't spot all of these disasters have had a very long route indeed these aren't problems of this season these have been the culmination of problems that have been building up for for years and at the heart of that I think has been year after year of disastrous decision-making, terrible player recruitment. Uh, but the terrible player recruitment has, is, again, is a symptom of the wider malaise, which is how badly the club has been managed off the pitch. And when I compare Everton to the really well-run clubs, the clubs that have actually taken significant steps to improve themselves, I mean, you know, people talk about Brentford and Brighton quite rightly so. But you look at Leicester, you look at other clubs that have really, uh, you know, even, I'm afraid, the bloody lot across the park that have really that have 
significantly improved in the last 10 years. There's been something common to all of that. It's a common coherent framework. It's a common strategy everyone at the club is working to. It's really robust and resilient management so that if one person goes, it's not a disaster because the club helps because there's lots of people who know how to do their job. It's a functional board with decent governance and it's functional and it's a functional recruitment staff where everyone knows their job and everyone works to do the job they've been given to do and the whole thing works together. And Everton seem to me at the moment to have absolutely none of the ingredients that make a modern, successful, well-run football club. And in truth, the real worry for me isn't so much what happens this season. I, I do think we have got a better playing squad than most of the teams around us and get relegated. The fact we're even having a conversation about Everton Football Club being relegated says how bad things we are, but I don't think we're going to get relegated this season. The cliff edge for me comes in future years. We know we can't spend much again next season, but if I was Richarlison or if I was Calvert-Lewin, would I want to be playing next season, thinking about finishing 12th or 15th for Everton? I wouldn't. And, you know, we lose some of our best players and, we're you know, a season or two in the future, we're in real trouble. And we've got this one opportunity to avoid that cliff edge and to turn things around. And I think the critical thing to doing that is how we have a leadership of the club and how we have the off-field setup that's got the resilience and has got the, the, the wherewithal and the professional skills to get ourselves out of trouble. And for me, that's, that's about a fundamental change. And it's about how we as fans... Uh, listen to kind of you know talk to the club and have the majority shareholders ultimately one man owns 92 percent of the club he's the only guy uh, who makes decisions that are meaningful avoid the shambles of the current manager recruitment process and actually have a footballing strategy that over many years will start to actually deliver and it will take years but you know without that i i really really worry about the future of our great club richard can i just ask you a simple question do you think the chairman and the owner are aligned? Well, I think self-evidently not. I mean, one only has to look at the the, the nature of the manager shortlist that we've got that, we, that seems to be pretty heavily trailed in the media at the moment to see we're talking to a whole wide range of managers with a whole range of media, with a whole range of football philosophies, a whole range of chosen tactics, a whole range of chosen players. There seems to be no strategic decision-making going at, at the top of a club at all. Agreed pattern of play, there's no way of doing things. And, and I think it's those things which are common to all the most successful clubs in world football. From the massive ones like Bayern Munich and Manchester City to the ones that are really up and coming, like, like Brentford. And I think that they, that it's that lack of governance, that lack of strategies, that absolute lack of resilience at the top of our club that is the underlying reason why we're so badly failing on the pitch. And, you know, it's been like this, I fear, ever since Mashiri took over. But we're really seeing it now. And it's going to get worse, not better, unless things improve. Do you think Mashiri is truly engaged with the club? Or do you think it's a bit of a toy? I, I, I don't know. My guess is, like any billionaire, he wanted to buy into something because it was an asset. It gave him something to talk to his mates on his yacht about. Uh, my worry is there's an inconsistent level of engagement that he he engages in the club when there's a crisis or when there's something potentially personally embarrassing happening, like you know, or even worse when his friends, you know, and very rich people have a lot of hangers on and you know agents and other pe- hangers on and you know there are names touted in the newspapers around this all the time. Uh, want to you know find ways of effectively separating a very rich man from his money and. The, it's the inconsistent. It's the lack of strategy. And it's the inconsistency. I think is the most damaging thing to the club. Okay. Okay.
Richard, thank you very much for your contribution. Um, I'm going to move on thank you. and invite. Um, thank you very much, Richard. Right, Baltimore Toffee should be able to speak now. Please. Okay. 27, just to give you guys context, 27 years ago, the uh, I hear a lot of similes with, and I know you're going to laugh at this, but a lot I hear a lot of scenario, a lot of similarities between the way Everton is run and the way the baseball team, the Baltimore Orioles, are run. Very incompetent, very, shall we say, lackadaisical until a key point happened where the owner, a something-year-old man named Peter Angelos, decided to step aside and allow his son John to basically take the reins, do things more competently. Now, we don't have a situation where Bill Kenwright has a child that is currently working on the Everton board, but it just, the first thing we've got to do is figure out a way we want to play and a way we want to recruit players. Like, do we want to recruit players that are flashy, that want to see us as a stepping stone to places like the place across the park? Or do we want to recruit players that are loyal to this club that'll put in the hard years to get this club we need to be. And that's why I'm baffled by picking a manager before picking a director of football and just letting the director of football do their job without interference from ownership. Thanks. So you, 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 make, you make a really good point. And, and one of them that we've got here is that we have, it's very inconsistent in its approach. So there are times when he's uh, fully engaged with the club uh, and he does things that you, an owner might, you might expect an owner to do, for example, when he's talking about the stadium or when he's talking about financing various aspects of the club, club's operations. But then there are other times when he's not part of the, uh, of, of the process and you knew that as a shareholder he shouldn't be, that we should have a, a chairman and we should have a board that can manage his affairs on his behalf. But the problem that we have is that different times of the year, particularly around the transfer windows, he gets engaged and he gets involved. And my point to him, if I ever get the opportunity to say it to him, will be, whilst we respect your investment, we respect your, obviously, your interest and your commitment to the club, there are certain things that you get involved in that you shouldn't be involved in. Because if we compare what we do in the transfer market and how we operate in the transfer market to say how Liverpool or Manchester City or Chelsea who are far more professional, Brentford, for example, uh, Brighton even, far more professional, far more successful in the transfer market. The reason for that is that they have better people doing the transfer business. Fahad Mashiri shouldn't be involved in, the transfer, in Everton's transfer business at all. But that needs a strong chairman. It needs a strong seat to say to him, Mr. Mashiri, you're our shareholder. You're not an expert in choosing players and choosing choosing managers. Leave that to the experts. That that's why you employ me. If you know, if I'm the chairman, that's why you employ a director of football. And um, and and that's the big difference between how our football club is run and how other football clubs are run. We have a an inconsistent owner, and we have a weak board and a weak chair that allows him to behave in such a manner. Well, Roger, I don't know if you want to come back in. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great point, and we've got so many people requesting to come on. So um, thank you for now to Baltimore. I'm going to go to Neil Munnerly, who's uh, requested uh, to, to speak. 
and has just disappeared having requested to speak. So we won't go to Neil. Instead, we're going to go to Katie Carter. Katie, are you there? Hi, Jeremy. Are you okay? Yeah. Thanks for coming on. What have you got to say? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, from the day you started, really, I've been like a supporter of the campaign. Um, I've actually been on another space previously and spoke. Um, obviously not to yourselves because this is the first one, but I'm just, I'm here to just basically say, really, I've come to listen. You know, I don't really care who's involved in this campaign, to be truthful. I'm not really bothered who's running it. I'm bothered about what the message is. That's what I can get. And what do you think that message should be, Kat? Do you think the message should be? I think the message should be exactly what you're putting out. I think Farad Mashidi needs to get better people on board. He needs more professionals on board. You know, we've got a chairman who's failed for 22 years. We've got a CEO who, you know, she's done a great job at everything in the community. However, she doesn't know how to run a football club. She's never ran a football club. She doesn't know. You know, you've you've got Graham Sharp coming in. Okay. He's an Everton legend and, you know, he was a great player in the 80s, but Graham Sharp isn't what we need on that board. What we've got on that board currently isn't what will take this club forward. So I'm a, I'm a massive supporter of what you're putting across. You know, some of you on here might follow me. Um, you'll know that I'm a massive Ken Wright hater. I won't beat around the bush. There's no point in me, me hiding that fact. But you've got to look away from Bill Ken Wright. Only one man, one person can change this club. And that's why I haven't seen it. Because he's the only one that has the power to remove the likes of Bill Ken Wright. Remove... Mm -hmm. Denise Barrett Baxendale. Not accept the likes of Graham Sharp on that board. Go and get a proper director of football and allow him to do his job. Because mm. without Katie, yeah. give us a sense, can you? Can you give us a sense? Uh, I know you go home and away. Give us a sense of what the atmosphere was um, Carrow Road um, Saturday, um, particularly at the end of the match. And, and, and you know, give us a sense of, of the mood of, uh, you know, of the fans when that defeat had, uh, had happened. Poison. And who do they blame for? Who, honest, do the fan, who do the fans that were there blame the for? Fans are actually, they on the, pitch? the fans are singing sack the board. The fans are now aiming that at the board. Okay, Rafa Benitez has gone. You know, he wasn't the problem, but he's a, he was a problem. And I, I, you know, at first I didn't kind of think that, but towards the end I did see that. You know, he was a problem, but he's gone now. Yeah. That the yeah. problems still remain. You know, I look at it this way. If we can't, as a fan base now, excuse the language, but when our club is on its ass, possibly the worst it's been since your Peter Johnson days in terms of having, you know, it's not run correctly in any way. Yeah, Bill Kenwright didn't run it properly and Robert Elstone didn't, and I get that. But if we can't unite now as a fan base when this club's on its ass and show that we aren't happy with the running of this club now. We never, ever will get together. You know, I'm not happy going to watch Everton. I don't enjoy going to match. I go because I live on that little bit of hope. Where to get the hope from inside me, I don't know. I've said on another space previously, I feel we're, with, the, the, with 20 years we haven't won a trophy for. 
we're so far away from even winning the trophy now and what we probably ever have been during that time. But the only yeah. way that this can stop is if the top of the shop gets his shit together and removes the people below him who have continuously failed at giving them wrong advice. Kia and Mendes haven't got Everton's best interest at heart. They've got their own best interest and their clients. So why is our major shareholder going to a chairman who's failed for 22 years, making absolutely scandalous decisions along the way, and two super agents who don't give two shits about Everton Football Club? How are we ever meant to progress as a club when that happens? It has Great to point, from the top. It has to. Thank you, Katie. Absolutely marvellous points. We can feel the passion coming through. I've got a couple of other speakers ready. Max Carlisle, um, you're quite active on social media. Diehard Evertonian, what's your take on uh, what's going on at Everton Football Club? What's your take on the role of Mashiri, the role of Kenwright, and the fact that we have a football club without a manager and without a director of football? Paul, Roger, thanks for having me on. It's great to have the opportunity to, to speak to you guys and, of course, everyone else that's joining in the space Similar to everybody else that is joining, I'm just bitterly disappointed at the direction that the football club has gone in under the, in the six years um, under Farhad Mashiri as majority shareholder. Um, you know, actions on the pitch aside, there was something, a question that I wanted to direct towards you guys. I know Alan Myers has just joined the uh, space now, who tweeted earlier the statement from the club um, I'll try and find it now on my phone. Um, there it is. Everton Football Club and the Everton Shareholder Stakeholders Steering Group have confirmed their commitment to launch a fan advisory board by the end of the 2021-22 season. So a question that I've got to, to put to you guys is, do you believe that the ESSG, as they are called, will be representative of the views of the 40 groups that helped found this campaign? Uh, and will they have sort of impact in the the governance of Everton Football Club? Um, yeah, good question. Thanks for that one, Max. Um, I was having an exchange with Alan earlier on Twitter about it because there's a big word in there, independent, um, I think, for this space. But um, I think getting some fan representation on the board has to be good. Uh, the way in which uh, we do that and the, the detail behind it, I think, needs to be a lot more transparent. Uh, Paul, would you add? Would you add anything to, to Max's question? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've I've been involved um, in the fan-led review and fan representation on the board is really important. Having a fan advisory board is really important because it will bring uh, accountability to those directors that are, you know, at this moment in time, totally unaccountable to the fans. The big issue, and it will always be an issue, is how, how do you um, how do you put the fan advisory board together? How do you uh, have an election that allows anybody who's an Evertonian uh, to stand for election and to have a fair um, chance of putting forward their views and then and then being elected? The problem I think the ESSG has is that at the moment it looks like it's an organisation or it's a group of people who have all, are already associated with the club in some form of capacity or another. And the point that I would make to them is, you're the people who have been associated with the club for quite some time, yet you're the people that have seen the club go through the difficulties that it's gone through in recent times. And therefore, 
what makes you the most appropriate people um, to be making these decisions. Okay. Um, I agree with that. Can I, uh, I add one more? Yeah, Roger? go ahead. Yeah, please. Um, I, I just, I think, to, to follow up on that, um, and it, it's more in line with the, the tagline of the campaign, listen, act, and engage. Mm-hmm. Um, another issue that I just wanted to ask about is the communication strategy of the club, uh, or more so the model of communication that Farhad Mashiri adopts when portraying a message to the supporters or you know, shareholders of Everton Football Club. Uh, now, obviously, a lot has been said about this. And uh, an example that comes from good communication um, between a executive and shareholders and their, and, and their group of supporters is Christian Perslow, who is the CEO of Aston Villa. Yeah, uh, I agree I'm, sure, with that. I'm sure everyone's seen it um, following the sale of Jack Grealish. Um, he was very sort of frank and honest with the supporters uh, and the fan base about the decision-making process um, and outlined, you know, their their medium to long-term ambitions following on from the sale. Um, so I just wanted, again, to, to direct to the guys at the heart of this campaign, what are some of the things you would like to see from Farhad Mishiri from a communications perspective? Would that be communicating directly and regularly via, through um, official club platforms yeah max can i can i answer that very briefly because we've got like literally hundreds of people want wanting to talk um he has to go through the club's official channels he has to speak through the club not through um talk sport an organization that is co-owned by you know the same organization that owns the sun it's a disgrace that he talks through uh talk sport and i don't mind saying that it's a disgrace first of all that it's talk sport and secondly no one should just talk through one media channel, one sh- you know, especially the major shareholder. If he's got something to say, say it through the club and allow the both the club and the fans to engage with whatever that message is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, mean, I think it is, it's extraordinary. You might get away with it when you just arrived as the owner, but to still be doing it six years on and texting Jim White, I think, is, um, is, is pretty um, toned down. I want to move on to another speaker, Dave Witchley of the infamous County Road Bobblers. Dave, uh, are you amongst us? Give us your thoughts, can you? I certainly am. Uh, it's worth adding a uh, vice chair of Everton Fans Forum as well. I have much maligned sometimes, uh, so I'm speaking as me, as a person. I, I totally agree. I've watched, obviously, the 27 campaign and the goals, the objectives, um, and as me speaking as an individual, I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm 37 years of age now. The last time I seen us win a trophy was at 11. We actually seem to go, you know, further back. What we all wished for was was a billionaire, someone, you know, that that kind of light at the end of the tunnel to come in. And we've actually, we've actually, you know, got worse. But for the last 27 years, it's not been acceptable in anyone that isn't being involved in that. For me, it needs to be accountable. You know, if we, if we need to move forwards, we need to start reviewing this. The, the, you know, the, the whole thing for me, and it, it's. For whatever reason, it's just 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 not being there. Um, so we need to we need to have a total refresh. We need to review who's there, what they're offering. Um, you know, and that it's not a case of bringing people in from L four. It's a case of looking worldwide. Who are the best people we can get in every single position? How can we deliver success? And be honest about it. Communicate it. Be you know, and, and at the moment, I just don't feel like that's there. 
you know, I really don't. And, and we do seem to be we drifting further apart every single time. You know, we spend our money. I walked out on 27, you know, supporting your campaign. I continue to, re, you know, retweet and share stuff because I really do believe what you're saying are right. Father Machiri needs to start listening. You know, the, we looked at the, you know, the stuff of the Super League and, and we can we can stand back and we can laugh and we can point our fingers at them. But they were totally dis- disattached from the way local communities and English football is. You know, football belongs to the community. It belongs to us fans. It be- it's more than just one fella who's a custodian. Um, I, mean, I think it's extraordinary to speak in that way when, you know, you are vice chair of the fans hall. I know you're talking in a, in a private capacity. Um, but, you know, if the, fa- if the club can't get its message out more robustly, more clearly and more confidently by people like you in the fans forum, then they really, really have to look at communication. Um, stay with us, Dave. I'm going to go to uh, another speaker. Uh, hands towards um, the mic. Nice one, Roger. Yeah, all I would say is I, I thoroughly support the campaign and backed it with everyone who's, who, who initially said that they were going to walk out and did so um and obviously i'm off this account so i i run a coach takes 53 people i'd say 90 percent of the people are the same people who go week in week out very very passionate evertonians of all ages um and now the majority of them walked out on 27 um a lot of them going back to the pub and completely not going back in the ground that was met with a lot of abuse and i think the videos that have gone round that we've seen People saying oh, there's people on the waiting list now. That was like this. Uh, this is at a point now where I think has been reiterated. Fans should be together. We should all want the same thing. How can you not want this football club to do better? This is like, this is the the bit that I can't quite understand. And people try and cause divisions between match going fans and not match going fans. Um, try and cause divisions between anyone. But as a match going fan, I just can't understand how you wouldn't want the team to do better. As a non-match-going fan, I don't know how anyone would not want the team to do better. The One of the worst things ah. that's happened to Everton Football Club is this wait, the waiting list because that that gives false pretense to say, oh, there's thousands and thousands of people on a waiting list. If you rang them tomorrow and said, there's a season ticket for it, there for you, would they be there? And go, yeah, OK, I'll pay for it now. There we, but the thing that, the thing that as always, this, this, like this, thought that there's a waiting list just seems to have changed people's like opinions and views and seem that they're better fans for staying or whatever whatever people think but as I say and it has been reiterated again and again a lot of the people who walked out if we were in the championship next season they'd be the people who would continue to go to the games Han can I jump jump in for a second Uh, that's a really uh, powerful uh, contribution Thank, thank you so much for that I think one of the things about the 27 minutes the walkout was that we needed to do something in the first instance that caught the media's attention oh 100% um, and it's done exactly that this is the thing people said it was a failure this was one of the best things to happen to football club in Everton football club in my adult lifetime it's brought people together uh, that, that would never have spoken about these things and now it's getting talked about every single it might not have been thousands and thousands of people walking out, but look at what it's caused. This space has happened, and now there's thousands of people listening to this. Now, the fact that we got the first three minutes of Match of the Day too, <laughs> talking, talking about... You know, Listen, when, we don't when normally we, get three we, minutes on Match of the Day when we've won 8-0. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time Everton were, you know, the first feature on Match of the Day too? Uh, we, you know, BT Sport spoke about it. All the national newspapers um spoke about it, Sky Sports spoke about it. 
it might have been divisive for some people, and I can understand that. Wholehearted. It, it, it achieved its objective, and, and the objective was to get media attention. Because frankly, little old Everton don't appear on the media radar. Exactly. We don't we don't exist, and when we do, we just get laughed at. And usually, yeah. it's hard it's hard to stand up for Everton because. You do it, and then we do something absolutely ridiculous, and you end up thinking, if I don't laugh myself, I'm just going to cry. So we end up laughing along with it. And and I've stood up for Everton all my life, and then we do something. We we, I think, right, this is it. We're going to get into Europe. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then we, we embarrass ourselves. So for us to actually get that publicity, as you say, it's it's that yeah. is fantastic. And the people who've written about it. and So people can say it's a failure. People can call people names, and people can say whatever they want. But I guarantee you, since that day, more people have joined and, and well, got the similar views um, and, and the, voiced the, their opinion. The really important to voice their opinion now. And the really important thing of your attention, and the really important thing about thousands of Evertonians listening to this podcast, uh, listening to this space tonight, is that it it will bring pressure on on, on the club. Of it course. will bring pressure on the directors, and it will bring pressure on Farhad Mashiri. Uh, this is not a—it's not a personal campaign to bring pressure on these people, but it is a campaign that says those people that are charged either with the the duty of owning the club, or those people that are charged with the duty of directing the club because they're directors or they're they're executives, you're not doing a good enough job, and that has to change. That and that's the whole purpose behind this. It has to change. That's it. Without it changing, um, we're just going to go backwards. We're, we're not even going to stand still. That's and, it. And you since, know, since Moyes, we've digressed. Since then, we've, yeah. we've gone worse and worse. Nobody yeah, can be enjoying this, surely. It's a fantastic <laughs> point, Han, because there's no business. Paul and I have done a load of podcasts and stuff over the last five or six years about business and Everton business matters and these sorts of things. There is no business which is more results-driven than football, and our results and our performance has been appalling. Um, our points per game and our league position during the time that Mashiri has owned the club is lower than it was before he came. And that's, you know, that just says it all. Um, this, this man is a billionaire. He is so successful with his businesses and the businesses he's acquired over time. Why is he letting this one be just just go to disintegrate? Why is he allowing that? He's a, he's a billionaire for a reason. He should be getting the right people in to rectify what's, what's happening around him. This is what I don't understand. Yeah. Anne, okay. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Thanks. Let's, um, let's go to Anne, Anne McGoldrick. Anne, um, thanks for joining us. What would you like to say? You're very welcome. Hi, lads. Can you hear me? Hear you loud and clear. Yeah, hi lads, hi ladies. Thanks so much for the um, 27 campaign. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, delighted to join you. I've been um, keeping myself uh, <clears throat> kind of sheltered, but uh, I thought, uh, yeah, tonight's night to let loose. So bear with me, lads and ladies. Now, I've listened to everything and I've, you know, a lot of you guys follow me on Twitter and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to propose something that will be, it might sound revolutionary to you all, mm-hmm. but um, I'd say um, we need help from a footballing point of view, as in we need to reach out to other clubs in, uh, <clears throat> say, when we're recruiting when we need, um, like, you know the way Chelsea went to, um, well, maybe 
not a lot of people knew, but like when Chelsea were in trouble back in the Ken Bates era, Chelsea reached out to that club in Holland, Vitas Arnhem, yes. reached out to Watford, funnily enough, and uh, got players in and got players out and whatever. And I'm going to suggest like we need help in the sense that we need to be twinned with another club. You, you know what, and that that's a suggestion that's been made before, and it was made in the early in the early years of Mashiri being here, and it and it was ignored. One of the problems that we've got is that we don't have enough um, bandwidth on the board. We don't have enough people with experience of football matters to take these very good ideas um, and execute them properly, mm-hmm. and it's. And it's a big issue for us because there have been numerous ideas that people have put forward, people in the game, uh, supporters, other people, but we just we just don't seem able to do it. Uh, now that's either because we don't have enough people, or because the people, or because the people's internet drops out as it's just done with Paul. Um, and thank you for that. Bear with us. I'm just going to go across the pond now back to the United States and uh, see if we can have a word with your boy Astro, who's put some tape over his badge and might like to explain why. Are you there, Astro? Uh, yes, Roger, I am, and I appreciate you having me on. And I, I tell you what, uh, it's outstanding to be amongst so many Evertonians, even if it's digitally. I'll take whatever I can get. So, yeah, good, it's, good, it's with good great you, to man. be here. You're very welcome. Give us your thoughts, because you've been quite vocal um, over the last uh, couple of months and um, you know, give us your take on where we are now as a football club and what we need to do. Well, I mean, at the moment, to, for me, to be honest, I think we're in crisis mode. Um, you know, we, we, we find ourselves at a crossroads where as an organization, we have to decide whether we want to face the ugly, honest truth about where we are as a footballing organization and whether we're going to answer the mail and make the changes, Harry, to project ourselves onward and upwards or whether we're going to just keep grading our own homework and make, keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And, and unfortunately, if we do follow that route, I mean, we're in a spiral and it doesn't look good. Afro, what are those changes? Cause I hear lots of people, whether it's you, whether it's Paul, you know, talking about, we need to make changes. Give me some specifics. What the hell do we need to do? Well, first of all, we have to be honest. Okay. Um, nobody ever likes to be told that they're not meeting the expectations uh, that that set for them. Um, listen, I think that all of us we're supporters of Everton Football Club. Have you ever heard of a business, a successful business, that ignores its customers or, or doesn't communicate with them? I mean, that's not a successful business model. Um, you know, for us, you know, the biggest thing that we have to do is is we have to have a systematic review of the entire organization from your hourly wage employees to the top of the top echelons of the club. And there needs to be an, an, an honest and brutal review of what's your job? What are the standards? Are you meeting those? Yes or no. And if it's no, here's what you need to do to meet those standards. And I mean, if that means that personnel have to be reviewed and, and moved on, then, then that's unfortunately the cost of doing business. But no company can for six years in a row, you know, constantly have people fired and lose money and fail at their primary mission and, 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 I don't know, and still have a job. It doesn't work like that in the real world. There's consequences of failing to meet goals. 
And unfortunately, everybody's a bit too cozy. Everybody's a bit too comfortable with each other. And, and I hate to be like this, but you have to break eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. there needs to be an honest estimation. I have had people in my career tell me, you shouldn't have done that. Or you're not meeting the standard right now. I've had to look at people and say, you're not meeting the standard. You did. You just did something dumb and dangerous, and you can't behave like that. And it's never pleasant, but it's how you police yourself, and it's how you grow. And I think part of the reason, like I get so bent out of shape, is is that I can literally draw you a map of how this is going to end if nothing changes. It's a failure of imagination to a, to think that something bad happened to Everton Football Club. It's blatant negligence because you know right now we're in the process of appointing another manager and it's the same people who've made the six last decisions wrongly and equally making it now okay you didn't change anything in the equation what makes you think that the the end result will be any different Nick, this can is, I, and Nick. this is not this is not personal this is performance yeah. this isn't Nick. personal it's performance yeah sorry nick sorry can i just jump in there I, yeah. I, again you make you're making great points the, the issue that i have with with all of this is that this is a highly competitive environment. I know you operate in, in such an environment. And when all your competitors are actually doing things, I'll keep coming back to this point, when all your competitors are doing things much better than you are and better people are doing better things, there's no way that you can ever compete. It's not a question of just throwing money at things. It's the quality of the decision-making. It's the quality of the people who are making the decisions that ultimately... Uh, create the outcome it's it, it's it that that's true and, and you know here's the thing is if you're not the the, the world of football today is a fast moving wicked paced environment and if you aren't keeping up you're obviously falling behind and and i just feel like the old status quo the old comfortable way of doing things is 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 going to if it stays in effect is going to be so detrimental to everton football club and, and, and whether you know, I think that I think that a lot of people in this organization uh, and in this campaign for 27 years, we, we take quite a bit of uh, flack and feedback from people. You know, who are you to suggest this? I'm a supporter of Everton Football Club, and, and I'm going to tell you this: without us, without you guys, this organization is nothing. Okay, and and we are we are powerful beyond measure when we are united. You're and absolutely I think that every, on, Nick. I think you talk every, about one thing that's missing. The thing that you talk about, you have, the word you haven't used is ambition. And Everton Football Club has not shown any ambition. It's just thought that by throwing money, it can fix the problem. And that is not the solution, as we've seen. Well, Paul, let's move on to the plans and what's next for the campaign and the various courses of action and how we're trying to build a support base. Okay, I think a, n a number of things are happening. Some things are happening behind the scenes in terms of trying to communicate with people that uh, can communicate directly with Farhad Mashiri. We're talking to a lot of media people. Uh, we're talking actually to some PR people as well. So that's one side of it. The other side of it, is what we do as fans and how we demonstrate to the club and how we demonstrate demonstrate in particular to Fahad Mashiri how concerned we are and the, the number of people within the fan base that are concerned. One of the issues that we have in terms of getting to Fahad Mashiri is the belief that actually the Everton fan base are pretty satisfied with the way that the club is run. If you remember the survey that was brought out 
towards the back end of last year. It sort of showed 90% approval rates. Well, I don't think that's accurate, but that's the information that Farhad Mishiri has. So one of the things that we must do as a, as a campaign is we must unite as many of the factions, and I use the word factions in the loosest sense. We must unite all, all parts of the Everton fan base with, consistent, with a consistent message to the board and a consistent message in particular to Farhad Mishiri in terms of what we need to do next. Now, that might be uh, through uh, you know, normal communications, writing letters, writing emails, podcasts, things like this. But it might also be um, you know, different forms of direct action, tennis balls on pitches, uh, sit-ins, more banners at, at away games. It can be a multitude of things. As I said earlier, the, the, the point about this campaign is not that we will be doing everything. It's that we invite other Evertonians to do the things that they think, one, are appropriate, and two, will assist the campaign and assist, ultimately, the most important thing, which is the objective of getting change at Everton. Mint are connecting as we speak. Oh, Joe is back and, and available. We'll come to you in a moment, Joe. Hi, guys. Um, Mint. Yeah. yeah Mint. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, like we've got three questions, really quick us. questions. Um We'd like Go to know how long are we able to continue being run this way financially before the situation is irreversible? Um, and that's also in relation to Bramley Moore as well. Uh, why do the board continue to refuse to step down? And of one of the questions led into the, the previous um, answer given by Paul there. What can we do to gain Farad Mashiri's attention? And that's all. Thank you very much. Keep on going. Thank you. Which ones of those do you want to take, Paul? How long, so how, we, how long before we go bust? Well, I don't, th- I don't think we will go bust as long as the, the shareholder continues to put money in. The, the problem that we have with that, of course, is the problem that we saw last summer, that you can offer as much money as you like, but the regulations don't allow you to spend it if you continue to lose money. And we will continue to lose money until we get into European football. So the performance on the pitch has a direct consequence in terms of our finances. Um, Mashiri will be willing to put more money in, no doubt, um, but he won't be able to because of what people call financial fair play. Um, it doesn't allow you to continue to have such great losses. And that's why we only spent £1.8 last summer. And that's why uh, we sold uh, Lucas Dean uh, in order to bring in two young fullbacks. OK. Um, and how long will the board hang on? Uh, we talked about turkeys voting for Christmas. The board aren't going anywhere unless they're pushed, right? Absolutely not. Uh, the, the board... As we, as we heard at the last AGM, believe that they're doing a good job, so they will argue, why should they move? Okay. And the final question? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> I it, was, um, what, it was, what can we do in order to gain Farad Mashiri's attention? Well, what can we do to gain his attention is build as big a support base as we possibly can through a variety of uh, actions, through these sorts of discussions, through talking to your mates, your fellow Evertonians, whether you're match-going or exiled whether you're on forums, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Twitter, getting that message out there. Because if you're not happy with Everton, if you think 27 years is too and I think we agree, uh, most of us agree on here that 27 years is too long, we need to build a support base and we need to use uh, friends in the media, we need to use direct action, and we need to get a message so loud to Farhad Mashiri that he simply uh, has to engage and um, listen to us. Um, thank you Roger, for those questions. Yeah, go ahead. Roger, Roger, sorry. I think there's another point to add, to, just to add to that. Uh, actually, too, we need to be creative. Yep. So, uh, but I think that means the whole fan base, not just half a dozen people trying to think of new ideas. And we also have to come together. We have to put aside 
the the various differences that exist within the you know the Everton fan sort of the fan all, all the different fan groups the, the whole fan body we have to put those uh, differences that may be for historical reasons exist we have to put them aside and we have to speak with a a unified voice in terms of you know making sure that the major shareholder realizes that what's happening is not acceptable yeah could i jump in now with just um, a quick one yeah, yeah of, course. of course you can yeah. um so okay um let, let's just assume Farah Mishiri is a, a successful businessman, whatever. So he's not here to fail. Okay, that's that's an acceptable thing. He's not here to fail. Whether he loves us all or not is kind of irrelevant. He's here to succeed for his own reasons. But he's made two fundamental errors, in my opinion, and educating him on those two errors is the root of everything that's wrong. All the other problems stem from these two errors. The first error is he fundamentally doesn't know what bought. He thinks he's bought a football club, Arsenal, Man United, whatever. But we aren't that. We don't even want to be that. We want to be Everton, just a version of Everton. So he has to be here to know us, to meet us, to find out who we are and what we actually want. Because hiring managers to play tippy-tappy football is never going to work because we don't like tippy-tappy football. That's a fundamental error. And the second fundamental error he's made is that he's approached it from the point of view of a ruthless businessman. And the, the approach of a ruthless businessman is always throw money around. The problem will go away if he doesn't understand that he has to build a club from the foundation up, not the roof, down. You do not bring in a big name to fix the fan. I think we may have lost Jeff there for a second, but Jeff was making some fantastic points. Sorry, Paul's, uh, Paul's gone and Jeff's gone, but I think Jeff picked up on a point about the, the, the ruthless businessman and the ruthless businessman that's Farhad Mashiri throwing money at the problem. Um, I think the issue uh, that ruthless businessman is he forgot to do the most ruthless thing of all when he arrived, which was to clear out the boardroom. That's what people have done at Manchester City. That's what people did at Chelsea. That's what people have done at Newcastle United. So ruthless businessman missed the first trick. I'm going to go to Joe Wall now. Joe Wall's ready to speak. Joe, welcome. What would you like to say to us? Hi, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, first of all, um, just a thing I've wanted to say to, to you guys for a while. And obviously, you know, we, we as Everton fans appreciate everything you're doing. And, you know, a lot of us agree. Um, there are the, the minority who are, you know, still accepting that motto of... Um, Neil Satter's not that optimistic about the football club and disagreeing with the 27 minutes and everything that went on. Um, yeah. I feel as though them, them sorts of people, you know, them as, as welcome as Bill Kenwright is in my eyes at the minute at the football club. You know, I don't see the what they're aiming for. You know, I'm 29 years of age. This is the Everton Football Club that, that, that I know and yet still love. And, you know, we all want room for improvements. Just picking up on what you said about Mishiri, he came in. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and as you say, people haven't picked up on that. The biggest mistake he made is he bought the football club. That's his. That he, he should be saying, well, you know, you have failed for years before I came. Um, but unfortunately, there's no one now to tell Mishiri that he's making mistakes. And that's why, you know, yourselves are stepping up to the plate and saying, well, if the fans who are the ones who expect I can't tell you, then who's going to? You know, you look back to years ago, people like Ray Hall, you know, he was working for Everton, primary school teacher, or school teacher, you know, given a job on a friend's basis. Again, 
uh, each to their own, but they apprentice. You know, I don't see Brazil employing Pele's niece's husband because he's related to Pele to, to, to try and work for the club. The, the communication that the club have got with the fans is, is diabolical. Um, the way the club seems to be run, we all know. And, and I, I, I just, it frustrates me when I see fans and, you know, I, I say, you know, from the Norwich game, we had this, the sack the board banner and, you know, one of the lads passed it to me and I was holding it up and he was saying he was a bit worried about what other fans were going to say and I was like, but every fan should should be on board because we're not going to see change unless, like you say yourselves, with creative ideas and things that we're doing, but we need to do something for them to listen. Um, the, the board, from it needs to be stripped right back, like you said, Chelsea and Man City did, who are now successful clubs, but the one thing that frustrates me is we are now so far away from clubs like Leicester and Tottenham and West Ham and Aston Villa, where historically we're not, but currently we're so far away from those teams and, like you say, closer to to playing, you know, playing Championship football. And you know, for me, it's it, it's a worry that why is it taking fans to 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 shout something for people to realise this? It, it didn't take for me thirteen games for people to realise that Rafael Benitez was getting it wrong. It shouldn't take twenty seven years for people to think that, you know, Bill Kenwright might be good at Joseph and the technical or dream code, but he's not doing for Everton fans. And you still get Everton fans saying, Yeah, but and, and he says it himself, you know, I'm a big blue. Well so am I, but I couldn't personally run the football club, you know, with with the money. So I feel as though you know, what you're doing it is the thing that needs to happen. It needs to happen more and more and you know Saturday, I've never, I haven't been this, this excited to go to a football match since probably since the last time Duncan Ferguson took charge, took charge funnily enough. Um, and Joe, I, Joe, mate, you make, you, you make fantastic points. Thank you. It, it really, um, it really is the case that, you know, people talk about the fact that football clubs are owned by the fans, belong to the fans, but not truer than, 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 than that. And when you see our away support, when you see uh, Goodison absolutely fall to the rafters week in, week out, um, that has to be the case. But with with ownership, there comes responsibility. And we're asking Fahad Mashiri to be a, a responsible owner by bringing in a proper board, bringing in a proper chairman, bringing in a proper CEO, allowing a director of football, etc., to do the things that they need to do. There's also a responsibility in terms of ownership on fans. You know, this football club own, is owned by us in terms of the spirit of the club, is owned by the generations that went before us who were Evertonians. I'm fourth generation, other people will be fourth, fifth generation, my kids are fifth generation. We owe it to them and we, we owe it to the people who came before us and we owe it to the people who are going to come after us to make sure that this club is in the best possible condition and is competing at the top of the game. And there shouldn't be a football fan, shouldn't be an Evertonian that doesn't believe in that and doesn't care deeply about that so much that they'll actually get involved in a campaign like this. You make brilliant points, mate. I just wanted to ask you a quick follow-up, though, Joe, because today I saw an interview with Duncan Ferguson and you said you're really excited to be going Goodison Saturday lunchtime against Stevie G and Aston Villa and uh, see us get those three points and we're motivated because Duncan's there. But Duncan said, you know, oh, yes, the chairman's been in to see us and the chairman's told us about the spirit of uh, about what Everton's all about and Everton's about unity and spirit. Did that excite you, Joe? No, that, that part didn't. Um, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm more excited because, you know, we can express feelings at the game and 
you know, hopefully yeah. it does go our way. And, and and you know, hearing that is it's again, it's 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 Bill Kenwright with his with his acting skills. That's all that is. You know, he goes in, and you know, players buy into it. You know, foreign players buy into that. You know, we don't. You know, I've seen I've seen videos when he comes to you know sometimes he comes in lounges after the game, and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, we don't need we don't need this we don't need this this speech you've written at half time. You know, we need you to realise that you're making mistakes for us. And if you're an Everton fan, then you you need to somehow help correct them. And he's an, he's the one Everton fan that's in the position to do that. Yeah, quite right. I mean, he'll come in the room, he'll come in the lounge, and he'll tell us that Duncan didn't ask for a brass brass farthing, Mr. Chairman. Uh, we've all seen that video. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for your contribution. Rob Thank Fisher. you very much. Rob, Thank you. what have you got to say to us? Thanks for joining us this evening, Rob. Hi, Roger. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud. Uh, cheers and uh, cheers to Paul as well. Uh, thanks for letting me come on, guys. Um, I was inadvertently or uh, sort of involved with the first sort of uh, moments of this campaign with the. Uh... Maybe we can go to Alfie, uh, Roger. Yeah, yeah. All right, lads, you're all right. Yeah, Alfie, hi. Thanks for getting me on. No worries. Uh, I just wanted to talk about what it means to actually play for this club. Um, if you look at. Obviously, people have their own opinions about David Moyes, but he had the club in a good. I think he had a good the club in a good position anyway. You know, we we didn't have the best players in the England club, but we had players who actually fight for the club. You know, I travelled probably two hours every week to go and watch Everton, and the least I want is to see some fight and passion. And half we never see that. And on Farhad Mashiri, if he thinks getting. A big man. I know it's not happening now, but obviously it came out with Jose Mourinho. If he thinks a big manager like that's going to change this mess, it isn't. It needs to come from him to get the club structured properly, because at the moment none of us know what's going on. You know, anything could happen at this club. You got Far Mashiri signing El Ghazi. Rafa Benitez didn't want him. You know, it's just a mess, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's an absolute mess, Alfie. Thanks for that. Um, let's see if we can go back to Rob. Rob, are you there now? Yeah, sorry guys, uh, like other people, seems like doesn't want to um, commit to uh, leaving the space on for quite a while, but I'll, I'll rush through that. Obviously, I run Toffees in London and the, the um, banner that... What happen next, Rob? Rob, tell us, tell us yeah. what you think the next step should be for the campaign. Um, I think we have to, obviously, the walkout in the 27 minutes against Arsenal had great media coverage. Um, myself, I've been I've been pushing it now. I think now is a great time to push it even further. And action needs to take place in many different... I know, I don't know if they're on here tonight, but I know the originals, I think, have uh, got a sit-in sit protest for Saturday. And um, what really worried me, sort of came about over the last week, is the amount of and I'm sure either you or Paul can talk about it, is the amount of, uh, don't know, control, but he seems to be like our new director of football, uh, Kia Jarabshan, is having with the El Ghazi loan and then um, the Fabio uh, Cannavaro links today with a manager uh, sort of thing. This really seems a time that we need to take action and we need to do it in different ways and um, interact and make sure that everyone's on board and, and things that everyone can get involved in, whether... Obviously, match-going fans in the main, but also outside, um, you know, the fans across the world, as well as um, us down further south, etc. Yep. Okay. So, we've got to all pull together. Unity. I mean, that's the one thing that uh, Bill got right about the spirit of Everton, is unity sticking together. Um, Dave, Mac, um, you've asked to speak. What do you think should happen next for the campaign? Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for allowing me to come on. Um 
You're welcome. My uh, my views on it all. I, I, I think I think Han made a really good point earlier on, and I think it's exactly the same as mine. To be quite honest with you, what I don't get is you've got a billionaire running a club, and I think Astro said the same. How the hell is he allowing a business to fail? That's the bit that I just don't get me head, me, me head around. I mean, if I'm in my job and I'm a salesman and I don't perform, I get the bullet generally yep. most of the time. And to allow a board, especially with the likes of um, the likes the likes of Ken Rice, because at the end of the day, Ken Rice for me is a leech on this club. And I, I'm sorry to use that sort of word, but that's the way I see it. All he's ever done is took. Take, take, and take, and take again. And, you know, we, we've all seen the videos, as you'd alluded to earlier on, the happy clappers, they all goes in the lounge, and everyone's clapping, and they're all saying, oh, good old Bill. Good old Bill hasn't done anything for this club. He's never put any money in it. Um, and, 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 and the way I see it is is that he's he's one of the roots of the problem. The, the club is rotten to the core while he's still there. And in my eyes, he's what, he's the main problem. For me, I think Machiri needs to grow a set of uh, kahunas and, and and just get rid of them. I think I, I think everything that's been said said this evening is probably being reiterated by what I the way I feel about it. I mean, I've followed Everton since I was seventy six now. I, 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 I'm fifty six now, um, so as you can imagine, I've seen the good times, the really really bad times. Um, a, a, a full array of everything as an Evertonian and, and we're all passionate, we all care and I think that's the one thing that seems to be lost here is every person that's on here, every person that goes that ground care about this club and you know, and Bill Kenwright who he's the best fan the best and only fan in the club needs to wake up, smell the coffee and get in a taxi and go back down to London because he's the only thing he's actually good at is actually uh, producing a pantomime, and that pantomime currently is our club. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I could bit, I could whist it on all night long about it, but either we need to have get the passion back into the club. We all know what's been on Saturday. I think the fans need to get behind. I mean, I, I don't know what your plans into um, staying behind. I, you know, I'm wholeheartedly behind it. Yeah, I wasn't one of the ones who walked out uh, at the Arsenal game. But that aside, I still believe exactly what you're what you're trying to achieve. And I, you know, and I, as you can tell, I am quite passionate about it. I, I I just want the club to go in the right direction. I don't think we need a director of football. Maybe we need a sporting director of some way because. Yeah, I, I just yeah, as you can tell, I'm quite passionate. But yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. To be quite honest with you. Thank you, Dave. Um, I think we can agree on one thing, that what we need is a plan, uh, yeah. and we don't have one at the moment. Jack, I'm yeah. going to come to you next. to Tell us what you think of the campaign and what you think the next steps should be, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, my thing is with the campaign situation, I'm not for or against it. All I'm bothered about is obviously getting results on the pitch and stuff like that, results off the pitch. That can be done by everyone else on this call. But one question I would like to ask is, if you had £20 in your pocket and change and you lost 58 pence, would it affect your life? And if the answer is no, he's put 580 million quid into this club. If he turns round and pulls the plug on it, where do we all go from then? Do you know what I mean? Because he's got 20 billion between the two of them. So if he pulls the plug on the 580 that he's already put into the club, where do we go from there? 
because everyone's going to scream and shout and everyone's going to get behind this campaign and I understand where, it, where everyone's going with it and I respect people's views and stuff like that but let's not let's let's not do, let's not go about it the wrong way we need to do it properly we can't just start screaming and shouting and getting on the case and stuff like that because he could just turn around pull the plug and we could end up like Leeds Nosh Forest Sheffield Wednesday Sunderland and we'll all be on Amazon in three years time going where did it go wrong so everyone just needs to get back to basics a little bit I know everyone's a little bit hyped up and all stuff like that but seriously just watch what saying all the time because he could turn around and go is it really worth it Do I? he could turn around and say does he really need it so, let's, so the let's, message, uh, message from you, Jack, is careful what you wish for. What would you yeah, say to that? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that's the main thing. You know, I'm, 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 I'm all for what people want in, in, as a football club, but at the same time, just let's, let's, let's create a little bit of calmness here while we do it properly. And, and we're, not, we're slating the club about doing things wrong. Let's not do it wrong ourselves. I understand what people want, but at the same time, do it right, whatever you're going to do. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Steve, I'm coming to you next. Steve, um, what do you think of the campaign? What do you think we should be doing next? Well, uh, I agree with the campaign, but I do think you need to listen to the last person because I do think he's got a valid point about that. The other, prob- the other problem I do have, though, <clears throat> coming from a legal background, is I think you're putting far too much emphasis on the board because the board at Everton can't do anything. They have absolutely zero power because in real terms, the club's owned by Fard Mashiri and he can just get rid of the board any time they do anything to kick up any fuss. So well, that Steve, board... Steve, sorry, can I just jump in? Um, yeah. The whole point of this campaign, I don't know there's at the beginning, but the whole yeah, yeah. point of this campaign is that it's not directed at the board because the board are utterly powerless. And I know. the only person who can effect the changes that are needed is the owner, as you rightly say, Farhad Mashiri. And we'd like him to do that. We'd like him to bring in a more competent board, one with greater skills, commercial skills, Football knowledge. We're one of two clubs in the Premier League without a director of football. Is it any wonder we're in the bottom five? Steve, back to you. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realise it was off. The first thing we need to do is bring in a strong CEO of a business background who then focus on Everton, the business, nothing to do with the football club, and to address all the issues in relation to commercial and so on. And then to bring in, it doesn't matter if you call them a sporting director, a technical director, or a director of football, it's the same thing. Bring in somebody like that who has full control of the football all the board are going to do, unless you get Farhad Mashiri on the board or to put somebody he trusts properly on the board as chairman and to actually take notice of what people say and have a round-the-table conversation, it's not actually going to do anything because the, the board, basically, they can talk around, we can say all the things we want them to say, but it doesn't actually feed back to Mashiri because he's not there, he's not listening. So just forget about the problems of the board and sat the board and concentrate on getting Mashiri to listen to us. Absolutely. Steve, you've summed it up perfectly. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get him to listen, uh, engage, and act. Thank you very much um, for your contribution. Um, I'm going to move because we've got so many people wanting to speak. Andrew, you're next up. What would you like to say? Uh, hey, guys. Greetings from South Texas. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just wanted to... Very welcome. Another North American visitor. Yeah, so I want to say I very much agree and approve of and support the campaign. I just think we need to treat this as an, almost an intervention. The main problem that I see with Mr. Mashiri is that he doesn't realize that he's breaking it. It seems like his almost desire for validation, like Kia Jerubjian is his friend, but he is not his ally. Uzmanov, um, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Abramovich, how we got Rafa in the first place, the yacht meeting. These are your friends. They are not your allies. They do not have our best interests at heart. You just want to be seen with these influential people. So I think that's where a lot of the bad decisions come from. And I just think he has to realize that, yes, you're very successful in the business world, but that doesn't necessarily translate to this world. You need to take a hands-off approach and let the people that know what they're doing handle your money and make it back for you. No, great point. But he hasn't really got competent people to manage it, and he's interfered with less competent people. And what you've ended up with is the worst of all possible worlds. Rob, um, what would you like to say you're next up this evening? Hi, guys. Um Apologies, Hi, I've got a five-month-old Evertonian on my knee, so he may wake up screaming, um, given what we've been talking about. I'm, I support the campaign 100%. I think the idea of engaging with Mashiri is absolutely the right point. I just look at the way it was received by the wider fan base against Arsenal, and I look at Evertonian's approach to descent down the years. The the campaign that we had, the, the Blue Union came together with to try and force change with Ken Wright and the board at the time, didn't, didn't go much beyond, I'd say, a few thousand people at the match. Um, obviously, it was probably wider on forums, things like that. But, you know, in terms of match-going Evertonians, we seem to have a fan base that wants to turn up, enjoy the football, go home at the end of it, really get galvanised into action that much. Um, the most dissent and sort of passion I've seen from a wider fan, I'm sure a lot of us were there that day, was the Coventry game when we all got on the pitch and basically told Johnson to go. He still clung on until the following October when he sold Ferguson behind Watersmith's back. So even after we'd got on the pitch and chanced for him to go, you know, he still clung on. The most effective sort of fan-led movements to remove unwanted owners they actually been Liverpool's to get rid of Hicks and Gillette, and that's because they had the entire national and local media on their side. Um, Newcastle fans tried to get rid of Ashley for years through peaceful protest, not turning up at the ground, couldn't dislodge him. Basically, the only thing that got him out of the club was Saudi money when they came in and threw massive cash at it. So the question is more of a kind of like an open one, really, for you guys: is do you think that without radical action in terms of you know pitch invasions and you know real? public shows of the sense that we're going to get the wider fan base behind something like this or do you think actually there's there is something there where we can just get the local media to start kind of pushing this because the echo are useless in general they don't do anything about it but if we could get them 10 is that going to be the kind of thing that makes ken Wright and co start looking and thinking oh actually do you know what public opinion is turning it let's scarf while i've still got a bit of money in the bank so to speak i think it's a combination of all of the above isn't it i mean i think it's a question of getting Local media, I know the echo can be, but, you know, ultimately, if you make enough noise, they're going to have to cover it. Um, and, you know, we need to take a, a multiple uh, approach in terms of who we try and engage with and the message that we get out as wide as possible. Not everybody's going to want to sit in. Not everybody's going to want to walk out. Not everybody's going to want to hold up a banner. But I think everybody wants a better football. I'm going to go to someone I tried to get on earlier, Neil Donnelly. Neil, are you there? Roger, can I just um, interject for a second? Sorry, I must apologise to everybody. I had some technical difficulties with my phone, so I'm back on, so I'll be able to contribute again. Uh, anyway, Neil. Great. Yes, Neil, are you there? Evening, fellas. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, sorry, sorry, I had the same issues myself there, uh, Paul. Lost, lost contact. Um, yeah, all I want to say really is, um, regardless of everybody's uh, approach, I think it's just 
vital that we maintain the 27 years sort of uh, hashtag, if you like. Keep it focused on Mashiri, regardless of whatever else is said. And let's hope we don't have to make it 28 years. Well, Daniel. chances are, Roger. <laughs> but yeah, you know, obviously, it, it's just got. To, we've got to basically make sure that no matter what happens, uh, uh, Mashiri acts. He's got to stop being reactive and become proactive. There's, there's no. I know it's a cliche. There's no getting around it. He's an absentee landlord at best. It's firefighting. It's ludicrous. Like, do you want him more involved or less involved? I mean, do you want him just to delegate to some competent people, which is, I think, uh, yeah. really what we've been stressing. Yeah, hundred percent. He's proven every time he's he's got involved, pretty much that uh, he's he's not got he's not cut out for it. Like, so he he really has to go all out, best people for the job or for the jobs that he can. There's no the the, the circus leader doesn't do the clown act. Do you know what I mean? And this is what that's that's how it's coming across. Yeah, I think there's some competition for the clown act, really, at the circus, isn't there? Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who would get the uh, who would get the award for for top clown. Um, Neil, thank you for your contribution. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks. Um, Paul, are you still with us? I am. Yeah. And you, you, have you heard the last few contributions? Is there something you'd like to come back on and add? Talk about the the next steps for the campaign. Unfortunately, I didn't. I, I didn't hear them. I thought I'd, I would share some of the uh, some of the thoughts that I'd like to get to uh, to Farhad Mashiri in terms of asking him because I realised that we actually don't know what his ambitions for the club are since um, since he arrived in, you know, in the first few weeks he talked about us not being a museum he talked about that I think at one of the AGMs probably 2017. But in recent times, we've not heard anything at all from him in terms of what he thinks the club should be. So it would be a great start from him if he actually told us what, what he actually believes Everton Football Club be in the future. And obviously, once he's done that, he then has to describe how he's going to achieve that. Because I go back to the, to the point, and I think it's one of the central themes of this evening, is that unless he makes the changes at board level and executive level, brings better people into the organisation, then nothing is going to change. So we need to know what he thinks about the club, where he thinks the club is going, where he wants the club to be. And then he has to tell us how he's going to achieve that, both in terms of the people, so in terms of how he runs the club and the systems within the club that allow it to happen. So do we have a director of football? Do we have an academy, etc., etc.? Okay. Right. Uh, we've heard quite a lot of people who are supportive of the campaign. We've had some challenges and we welcome all of those challenges. Next speaker is um, Gecko. Gecko, Graham. Graham, you're, you're welcome. And uh, what would you like to say? Hiya, Roger. Um, How are thanks you? Thanks for inviting me to join you tonight. Um, I must say, though, I'm a bit unhappy that someone before said I'm not welcome at the club. Uh, I thought it was the people's club, not the only certain people's club. Who said that? Nobody on here said that to you. One of the speakers before said I'm about as welcome as Bill Kenwright, apparently. Well, that must have escaped me. I apologise for that. But please go ahead. This is an open forum. Make your point. Uh, Well, firstly, I'm just wondering, uh, I see that um, Paul himself has for a while, and as mentioned earlier, he's... uh, He's not really happy about the stakeholder sharing group and the fan advisory board. So I'm wondering what campaign's ambitions as far as the boardroom goes. When you say fan representation, do you mean someone from your campaign? 
Uh, well, well, I don't think we do at all. I mean, I think this is a group of people. It's a collaborative group of people that's growing all the time. And it's a platform for people to express themselves. We're not some sort of organization with a board and, uh, you know, some sort of uh, strict uh, protocol behind it. Uh, Paul, what would you like to, to add to that? It disappeared again. It keeps disappearing well, we when, you ask, again. When, you ask, when you ask the questions. No, uh, absolutely not. Look, this is a campaign. To view us as a group of people is, I think, a complete mistake. This is a campaign. It's a campaign for change at the football club. And that change can take many, many different forms. Uh, we are not trying to serve personal agendas. We just want what's best for the football club and for the football club to be more competitive and more progressive. Yeah, well, that's what makes me uncomfortable, you see, because the only two figureheads we've really got to look at is yourself and Paul. And it does have a feel that there's a group of people operating from the shadows, really, and you're asking people to take direct action. And that's fine in principle, but it'd be nice as supporters to know who's with us with boots on okay, the well, ground, uh, so to speak. No fair point. Listen, I'm I, neither Paul nor I nor anyone in this in this group is asking people to do anything that they don't want to do. Well, this I did there mention group. of tennis balls on the pitch, etc. Before, and I thought might be totally against because that's the kind of thing that can get banned or. We had a fella run on the pitch at the game the other day and he, he's most likely going to get a ban in order now and I do think that you've played a bargain in saying that. I, I don't think we are suggesting anything of the sort. I think that was an example of things that have been done, of things that have been uh, actions that have been taken elsewhere. We are talking about a campaign which is happening um, on... Um, by levels. the way, Roger, sorry, I, I will have to... If I've misheard that, I'm sorry, because I was working when you were talking about that. So I, wasn't, I think it was you didn't have me 100% attention. It was an example of something that, you know, might be done. It's an example of direct action that you might have seen elsewhere. We are just talking about getting a message that we want a better football club. Um, that, are there any other comments you'd like to make to us this evening before I move on to Roger. about a dozen? Ex yeah. Roger, I'm back. Sorry, I, I, I didn't. I didn't all, hear all our um, previous speaker had to say. I just heard him ask about the comments about whether or not we wanted board representation, and the answer to that is, as a campaign, emphatically no. Uh, our only interest here is to gather fan support, to put pressure on the board, to put pressure on Fard Mashiri in particular. Uh, to make the changes that are necessary to make the club successful. That's that's the whole thing about this campaign. It's not about any individual. Now you're back with us, Paul. I mean, I, I know you do have um, big problems yourself with the stakeholder steering group and the fan advisory board. I mean, I, I remember your tweets. I went back to look for mm -hmm. them, um, particularly the 18th of December, where you... Uh, you did seem to question the legitimacy of that. And uh, you were chasing up the report on the 13th when it was eventually published. And you levelled a bit more criticism and referred to your article from back in the, uh, September last year. Yep. You do seem to speak against that quite frequently. So if not a member of your campaign in the boardroom... Uh, what would you like that to look like? I mean, let me tell you what I'm I'm speaking against. Okay, I'm I'm speaking against, and this is nothing to do with the campaign. This is just my own personal opinion. I'm I'm speaking against people who have had connections with the club, uh, organisations, fan groups uh, that are already part of the sort of the Everton fan base as a whole. I'm 
campaigning against or, or I'm criticising them for creating a system to have a fan advisory board, to have a fan director of which I'm totally in support of, but that isn't, isn't inclusive of all fans. And, that, and that's my biggest issue. That they, they, And it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one to uh, organise so that every fan, uh, regardless of whether they're party to uh, any other part of the, any organisation or the independent, to have the opportunity to stand either on the fan advisory board or on, on the um, board of directors. And I don't believe that the ESG answers that question. I'm happy to talk to you about that another time. I'm happy to engage on Twitter or wherever uh, to talk about that. You can come on to one of my podcasts and talk about it if you wish. But that's not necessarily the you know the remit of the 27 years campaign. Right. All right, well, I won't take up too you. much more of your time, but I, I think it's important to ask. I mean, I do time to give it a chance to convince me, but everything you say is so non-specific. I mean, I know you had, was it Astro a little bit earlier? And you, you asked him how right for specifics, and the first thing he said was honesty. And you can't get much more non-specific than that. And then he went into a bit of management speak, you know, this systemic review, break a few eggs, something bad's going to happen. He didn't say anything specific at all, so can you tell me what you want these changes to actually look like? I yeah. mean, if you get everything yeah, you want in I can tell you very time, I can tell you very easily. Like? Well, if you listen, I'll tell you, okay? okay? I want a majority shareholder who recognizes his place in the organization, who acknowledges what his strengths are and acknowledges what his weaknesses are, who doesn't interfere in areas where, on a relative basis, compared to our competitors, uh, he has less experience and less skills and is less able to do an efficient job as, say, for example, the director of football at Manchester City or Chelsea or wherever. I want to stop interfering in the running of the football club in terms of choosing a manager, choosing a director of football, choosing a left-back, choosing a centre-forward. I want him to recognise that a governance structure needs to be put in place. And that governance structure includes having a chairman who can tell the shareholder what his role is in the organisation and having an executive board that can actually execute on a par with many of the other league clubs in the country. I can't be any more specific than that is what we need. Okay, brilliant. Gecko, I think he's answered your points there. I have to try and move on uh, because we limited this to 90 minutes. We're already over. Um, I'm going to try and draw things to a close uh, very shortly. But, Paul, when you were struggling with your internet connection, there is one big outstanding question from Jack earlier, which is what if Mashiri pulls the plug? Be careful what you wish for. What if Mashiri pulls the plug on the finances? What does that mean for us? Well, Mishiri can't pull the plug on, on, on the finances. He, he's already um, fully invested. He's put his money in. The only way he can get his money out of the club now is by selling the equity to somebody else. And if he wants to get the money back that he's invested, which I think is close to £700 million, he's going to have to find a buyer who's prepared to invest £700 million. Well, I can tell you that the club is not worth anything like that at this moment in time. So... Unless Mishiri wants to take a significant loss by selling the club to somebody else who can then take it forward, uh, he's fully committed. Okay, so he can't just up and go and leave us in the lurch, is what you're telling us? 
not not without um, having a significant loss on his own behalf. Okay, okay. Right. Um, listen, we've been on here for over 90 minutes. We've taken lots of feedback and lots of questions, and there's been some fantastic contributions. This won't be the final space we ever do. I would like to thank everyone, thank Paul, thank every single one of the speakers who's come on this evening. Um, it's been really passionate. It's great to hear views. It's great to hear ideas. To be 100% clear, this is not a group of people. This is a campaign. This is a campaign to get a better football club. It's a better football club that we deserve, and it's a better football club that would be truer to its traditions. 27 years is way too long, and we hope that the 27-year campaign ends at 27 years, that we go on to lift the FA Cup at Wembley, as we did in 1995. Paul, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Or I'm going to call it a day. Yeah, I think we have to recognise that this is the start of a campaign, and it's a campaign that will go on for as long as it needs to. First of all, to get Fahad Mashiri to, uh, as we say, listen and engage. Secondly, when he does listen and engage, to actually act and to recognise that if he wants to have a successful investment, if he wants to have a successful football club, he's got to make the changes. One of the, one of the ways that that will happen sooner rather than later is if this fan base, our fan base, all Evertonians, work together we can have our differences, we can have our, our different views in terms of how we achieve what we want to achieve, but we really come together and recognise that actually it is up to us. We have a responsibility as fans to make the changes or to make the people who can make the changes, the changes in the football club. And that's the only way that we're going to be a success in the future. Thank you, Paul. Remember, everybody, this is just the start of the campaign. We want people to engage and join in to get a better Everton. Hopefully... That'll start on Saturday against Aston Villa with three points. We'll be talking to you again, I'm sure. And until we do, up the toffees, thanks for joining us.